Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer on the far left. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Hello to everyone joining us in the chat, mainly Alex. Oh, and there's Fred. Fred and Alex, who are joining us in the chat. Hello, friends. Uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. And I think we are 108, 7, 6, 1,000, or uh, no, not 1,000, uh, 108, 7, 6-ish uh, subscribers away from 40,000. So uh, very important. If you are new, you haven't you know stumbled across our YouTube channel before, make sure you hit that red subscribe button uh, so you don't miss any of our CHGO coverage, whether it be White Sox, Cubs, Blackhawks later tonight as they take on the Maple Leafs and, uh, you know, Bulls as well. This is coming up. All right. Today, we got a Mailbag Monday. We're going to be answering CHGO diehard questions uh, from our guys Ian and AJ. Uh, but first off, we're going to go down to the state of Florida. Yep. A uh, little news happening in the MLB. Uh, a team that made it to the playoffs, the Miami Marlins, a team that made a trade with the White Sox at the deadline, uh, Jake Berger for Jake Eater, have now moved on from their GM. I guess they haven't moved on from her. They lost their GM. She decided to <laughs> step away. Uh, it's a very weird situation, and it's kind of unfolding still, but it seems like... Uh, from reports like Jeff Passan, Tyler Kepner, uh, Ken Rosenthal on the situation, uh, that the Marlins wanted to hire someone over Kim Ng, and she had an option in her contract, and she said, no, thank you, and she is now a free agent. Uh, so what do we make of this whole scenario? Because she does have ties to the White Sox, and obviously, as we've seen, the White Sox have a GM search of their own unfold this offseason. How do you feel, especially with Kim Ng, somebody who I know a lot of people in baseball feel very positively about being a free agent? Yeah, and I we brought up Kim Ng's name before the demise of Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn on their jobs for the White Sox. I said if they ever were to move on from either of those two guys, she would be a perfect fit here because of the familiarity with Jerry. So she understands she worked with Jerry, I think, in the early 90s until the mid-90s as her first job in baseball. And so also doing well down there in Miami, as you saw, they got into the playoffs this year and made a little bit of noise. And uh, the good trade they made for um, uh, Jake Berger, I know they went out in two games, but, you know, they were going against the juggernaut. So I think that she would have been a good fit for somebody after these two guys left. But we saw the quick hiring of Chris Getz, which we all have discussed as he wasn't qualified and it was only internal hiring, so that was bad. I've liked some of his moves subsequently, but this is why you don't hire Chris Getz for many reasons, because you have many more available good options like Kim Ng. David Stearns was still on the board. There's other people out there that would have been much better than Chris Getz, but she, I think, would have been perfect for the White Sox because she would have moved this team forward, and she would have been one of those people that wouldn't have to take a year to get familiar with the White Sox, even though she hasn't worked here in, what, 25-plus years? It doesn't matter. She understands how to work with Jerry Reinsdorf, the constraints that means to work for him, but also more money than she would have been gotten down in Miami because the budget here is much bigger than the one down in Miami. So bad day for the Miami Marlins. 
I think they're being universally panned for the moves that they made today. Telling Kim Ng, who just led them to their first postseason appearance in a full season, I think since, what, 2003? 2020. 2020. Full season would be 2003. I'm sorry. I missed that keyword. Yeah, and so she's done well for herself as the first – Lady general manager ever in Major League Baseball, the first South, uh, first Asian uh, general manager in baseball, and she's doing well for herself in her private life because she owns a, a winery with her husband up in Oregon. Oh. So I just think that the Marlins look really bad here, and the White Sox, by proxy of hiring Chris Getz look really terrible in hindsight because this person would have been available for them to hire and head up their baseball operations. And I don't think anybody would have had a qualm about it because she already had the job in Miami for the most part. And coming up here to fix what was broken up here, I think fans would have been like, hey, give her time to do what she did because what she's done in Miami is acceptable for us. I mean, you, you're, talking, you're talking very much what was on your wish list and not yeah. necessarily what applies to real life, right? I mean, I mean it was, she was available, right? Well, uh, right, uh, but they didn't want to go get her. Yeah. They didn't want to go get anybody. No. You, uh, uh, you know, Sean, when you were doing the intro and summing up what's happened here, you used the term GM search. The White Sox did not do a GM search. Um, certainly not one that left the building, right? I mean, and, and Jerry Reisdorf explained that. That's what he wanted. He, he, by the time he finished having the sets of conversations that he felt that he needed to have, he settled on what he wanted. And so you can disagree that that was the right way to go or not, but don't be like, oh, man, they missed an opportunity. Like, no, they had the opportunity. They did not want the opportunity, right? And that's like, what keeps them where they are. At, well, we'll see. We'll see, right? I mean, uh, you know, you, you guys obviously have your thoughts on Chris Getz for the reasons that we've talked to death, but, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the way that they think over there at 35th and Shields. And so, um, you know, Kimming is going to be – a sought-after person wherever she goes, but she's well within her right to say, hey, I want to be the top decision-maker in an organization. Mm -hmm. And that's apparently, according to those reports, why she's no longer with the Marlins uh, uh, today. You know, so what we heard from the White Sox was that they wanted a single decision-maker. I don't think you're going to see anybody be hired over Chris Getz. You know, that was what they said from the beginning. That's what they want, one person calling the shots. They don't want the same system they just had for the last however many years with, with, with Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. I, I don't think you're going to see anything. Maybe you might see somebody come in as a senior advisor or something like that, but that's not the role she appears to want. She wants the role of running a front office, and she just did it successfully this year for for uh, the team down in Miami and my guess is that she wouldn't be taking a job that would be anything less than that why would you step back in your career uh willingly so um I I don't think this really applies to what Jerry Reinsdorf wanted for his for his organization he wanted to hire someone who could hit the ground running I, I think you know, I get what you're saying and that she has experience working for Jerry and working for the White Sox. That's not what he meant when he said the year to learn the franchise. He meant what they've got currently, you know what I mean? And, and certainly she hasn't worked here in far long enough of a time to know the inner workings of what is, is happening today, right? And so I think that when Jerry made the call that he wanted somebody from inside the organization because he didn't want anybody to take any time to stall and, and, and learn and wait and take the amount of time that's needed for somebody outside the organization to understand what's going on. 
he decided that he didn't want Kim Ng because she would have been one of those people, as would a number of other candidates from outside the organization. So um, when we talk about, oh, man, you know, would they have been able to hire her? He decided, it seems very early in the process, that he didn't want to hire anybody outside the organization. And so now we're just kind of talking about what ifs more than anything else. And this is no disrespect to Tyler Kepner or Ken Rosenthal, because I think that's really good information that you got directly from Jerry Reinsdorf. We want one decision maker. Uh, They reported in The Athletic, it remains to be seen if other organizations will make front office moves or if Ng would be considered for a president role with some rumblings in the industry that perhaps the Chicago White Sox, with whom Ng served as an assistant director of baseball operations from 1990 to 1996, would be interested in overseeing her newly promoted or uh, her uh, would be interested in her overseeing newly promoted general manager Chris Katz. So maybe a senior advisor role, but I mean, at most, that's a year position, right? That's not something that's going to be like locked in. Kimming's going to be a part of the front office. And I'd be honestly pretty surprised because, again, straight from the horse's mouth, Jerry Reinstorf said sole decision maker. And it doesn't seem like the White Sox are in, you know, the idea of let's crowd the, the decision-making, because, again, they just saw how that worked out with Kenny and Rick. Yeah, and I think it's a bad look for MLB to have an unqualified, untested person be the sole decision-maker in one spot and have a person that is successful in their spot. They go to that person who happens to be a woman and say, you know what? Good success. We're going to put a person above you, though, and more than likely a man ahead of you, and you are going to be number two. It's not a good look at all for MLB, who now has none, zero women in their front office. Well, it's not a good look for the Marlins. No, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure I mean, Rob Manfred just, didn't call him up and say, all right, no more of this. But the juxtapose, you know? <laughs> against, the, the juxtapose against the White Sox hiring a person that doesn't have any, any front office experience that is good he has years of front office experience. That, like I said, that is good. Well, talk to Jerry Reinsdorf. I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf terrible at his job. He's a horrible owner. This organization is a horrible organization. This is what I'm trying to get through, that they don't think things through. They don't think things through logically. What they are is a horrible organization that doesn't promote the right people. And that's why when he says he wants a single decision maker, I'm just like, great. Hire the right person then. Don't just hire the person that you like. Hire the right person instead of Chris Getz, who we know is not good at his job already. And now he's going to have another goddamn job. Then we've got to wait four or five years for him to fucking fail that one. Instead, we're going to watch Chris uh, Kim Ng go somewhere and be Kim Ng, what she has done throughout her life. In the started in the 90s that she had to do this job. And now Chris Getz skips the, the ladder with seven years of experience with the White Sox and becomes the head guy. And she had to wait f- for decades right. to be this. It's not a good look for MLB. The fire will pretty much – it wasn't they fired him, but no person of their salt would take a job as a second-in-command when they were first in the command. And then first command, they did well. So, yes, this is a bad day for MLB as a whole because you look at the juxtaposition of what's going on in Major League Baseball with the White Sox, with the Marlins, with everything. It's a bad day. And the Marlins have always been a mess, and that's kind of what Jeff Passan wrote about in his story about this, who you know said they, she dealt with 
Derek Jeter stepping down as CEO after disagreements with uh, Bruce Sherman and directions with the franchise. Uh, then four months later, the Marlins fired vice president of player development and scouting Gary Denebo, who clashed with people inside the organization. Um, and all while this was happening and all while there's turmoil within the organization in the front office, she's leading them to the playoffs. So I get your point. Like, again, it's it's a bad day for Kim Ng because she's being absolutely disrespected. But again, the Marlins, it's not shocking that it's coming from them because they're also a mess and have been a mess for my entire life. Um, but they've been the one world to the World Series, though, Sean. They won them both. Yeah, they won a World Series and then said, oh, that was too much money. We got to tear that team down immediately. And then did it again. And then did it again. Yeah. And then tore that down yeah. immediately. And then got Giancarlo Stanton and all those Yelich and Ozuna and then tore that down immediately. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they're just kind of a mess of an organization. So, like, I I get your point, but I do think that MLB is going to keep and Kimming around. Like, I, I would be surprised that I mean, if she goes unemployed for, like, more than a month. She's worked with the MLB twice, once under Joe Torre, and I think right after she left the White Sox, she worked for the league office too. So she has experience, and I'm sure there are people who still work there that are happy to have her back if she doesn't get a major job out there. I mean, the Boston job looks available. The Mets job is available, but she would just be going to be under David Stearns, which I don't think she would want. Right. And, I mean, I'm not sure how that whole dynamic plays out with be someone being you know senior advisor to the general manager or whatever um what was kenny's position was it senior advisor to the general manager? kenny no executive he was the vice executive vice president executive. in charge of baseball operations um so you know I, I don't know what it's like to have an executive vice uh, executive vice president of baseball operations uh above you as a general manager and how controlling that could be so um that's rick it seemed like it was stifling and if the reports are right, Ing and uh, Kenny Williams worked on the deal where Rick was like, I'm not doing that. I worked right with Kenny Williams, who I had familiarity with from the time that we were both of the White Sox. That's what Kim Ing has been said. It was a, it, The White Sox also weren't the way that that relationship seems to work around baseball usually, right? I mean, I think your more traditional manner, you point to the other side of town and you, and you see what they had when it was Theo and Jed and now Jed and what is his name? Carter, Carter Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's probably the way that that is supposed to work or usually works. Uh, the White Sox obviously took a different tack with, with Rick being kind of the presented as the point, the point person um, throughout the last several many years of his tenure there, both of their tenures there. Anything else to add to the Kimming thing? I hope her, I wish her well. I hope she gets a good job and does what she does. I would love to see her with the White Sox. I just, it seems like Jerry Reinsdorf said sole decision maker. I know, uh, I think Dave in the comments said, like, he said sole decision maker when Kimming had a job somewhere else. I mean, people, yeah, but look what the Mets just did. They waited for David Stearns' contract to be over, right? Mm -hmm. And then they went and, and got the person that they wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, you've, I don't think you've ever really seen that presented where it's just like, oh, you know, throughout baseball, that has not been a problem in the past for teams when they want to hire a specific specific candidate. What was here was not necessarily Jerry saying, oh, well, this is the best guy available. It was Jerry saying, I don't want to go outside the organization, and I'm impressed with the guy I've been talking to. Call that a... Call that, call that the wrong course of action, if you will. But in his mind, and it's his team, that was the way he wanted to go. So um, I, I don't think whether – I mean, every person in baseball maybe could have been available to him, and he might have just said, but no, I'm staying in-house. In uh, so uh, that's 
at least the reasoning that he presented to us. So I'm not sure about whether today's news changes every changes anything or, you know, makes hindsight any different. I think Jerry wanted what he wanted and he got what he wanted. I'm, I'm a process over results guy. The process was flawed because you don't give enough opportunities for everybody to get their names in there. And if at the end of the day you want to hire Chris Getz and doing the dog and pony show is just that cool but at least you got the information from everybody else and all of it was if it all it was just data mining and getting information from different sources i'm good with that too and you want to eventually settle on chris Getz? i would have been pissed but at least you would have talked to more people and available people who wanted this job instead of just one guy who's in the building oh i saw him he said bunting and chanting he reminded me of eddie stinky i love that guy give him the job that seems like a really terrible way to hire somebody one of the worst ways. I'm not excited. Um, before we move on, there was one question from FamGuy218. Uh, why would Kimming go backwards uh, to a backwards organization like the White Sox? Herb, do you think the White Sox are more backwards than the Miami Marlins? According according to that reports we're having, no. And like I was, somebody was saying, like, why would she do this before? Like before she left the job today, I was saying maybe she doesn't like Florida. Maybe just she doesn't like what's going on with with her with her team. And she heard about sinking in the sea. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she feels like Miami's going to sink into the water. Yes, as you said. And I want to go to an organization I've been with and be the head decision maker, which comes with more money. As I said too, White Sox have a bigger budget than the Miami Marlins too so she has more options to go with the White Sox while flawed still are an attractive big market city that many teams and many uh, GMs would want to head up this team and with the talent they have man I'm telling you they have people out there that would love to get their hands on this and mold it and shape it in the in the fashion that they would like it but Jerry never wants to see those people because they would challenge his his swell his long hold beliefs of I get to do this, and this is my team, and blah, blah, blah. Instead of giving your baseball people the opportunity to do their job, and if they ask you for money, and if you disagree, cool. But otherwise, let them do their baseball moves, and you want to do your business moves smooth. Baseball moves, let the baseball people do them without Rick having to go to Kenny and Kenny having to go to you. That baseball person should be able to have those all the time and should be, if they're in within the budget, you shouldn't uh, – have any qualms about it. To be fair, you're probably not going to believe me, but to be fair, when we when we talked with Jerry after the Getz hire was made, he said he said he painted a picture of it working the way that you want it to work, right? He said whatever Chris thinks is best, that's the way it should go. You know what I mean? He said he's going to have the freedom to do that, with the exception of the, of the budget, which you can call that uh, as significant of a part of that job as you want, perhaps, but. Um, I just wanted to throw it out there that, you know, you're saying that he, he, you know, you're, you're, you're painting a picture of something that he said was not the case. But I'm saying in practice, he, that's what happened with him and Kenny and Rick. Sure. I'm just saying going forward, hopefully he's, he's talked, his words were what you wanted to hear. All right. We'll see if, I mean, but the person (laughs) making the decision still is terrible. Yeah, and I mean, Jerry made a comment uh, to the Millican Institute, and I think it was, this was earlier this year, uh, back in May, uh, hosted by Rachel Nichols, and he said, you know, you're, you're basically uh, in any type of ownership, whether it be NBA, MLB, uh, you're at your wimps or whatever, I don't know the right word, of your dumbest competitors, 
And, like, I think the Miami Marlins are one of the dumber ownerships. I think the Rockies are one of the dumber ownerships. I think, unfortunately, though, Jerry is kind of falling into one of the dumber ownerships. And, again, it's like you haven't spent over $100 million on a single player. You know, you're you're hiring Chris Getz, who's never done this before, and we're not even sure what the budget's going to look like. Like, hey, Chris Getz, first year on the job, here's $150 million. He's screwed. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. And he has to replace, like, 13 players on the active roster. Like... I, I just think that this is and twenty mils gone for Sisyph- Sally Perez. Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> Sisyphus pushing up the largest boulder in the world. Um, but we'll see. Um, let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll jump into some uh, diehard questions from our mailbag. Uh, Want to let you know though about our friends over at Ray CDJR Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake have just joined the CHGO team. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Ram Power Days, at Ray CDJR only in Fox Lake, you'll be able to secure 0% financing or 17% off new Ram models. But that's not all. Now through October 31st, explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of limited seven-year anniversary savings. So if you are in the new market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or Ray Ray CDJR.com today. Serving the community since 1963. Also want to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings. Do you have the sound? King of the game. I like how he keeps going up in key, too. <laughs> I can't find it. There's no burr, burr, burr. All right. uh, Things are heating up in the ballpark. Every team is playing to finish the season strong and make it to the playoffs. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets uh, for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code CHGO. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. There's there's a crown behind you. I don't hey, there it is. It's behind it Vinny's shoulder. It's kind of like you, you talked about the parrot. Yeah, there's a crown over there. Uh, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit cccpg.org. Uh, please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21+. plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible and gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Uh, we do have a DraftKings pick of the week as well. And uh, I'm not going to go baseball tonight, even though we got uh, two games. Got uh, game two of the uh, Rangers Astros. And got game one of the Diamondbacks Phillies. Uh, I do like the Phillies to win tonight, but I'll go, uh, I'm going to go to Saturday. All right. I'm going to be in Saturday. I'm going to be in Vegas. Um, You're going go, back to Vegas. Going back to Vegas. Wow. I'm you live go, there now. I, 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 I guess so. Uh, I'm going to go see the U2 Sphere show. 
It's going to be crazy. That's going to be insane. I am so jealous you're going to that. Thank you. Oh, my God. That is going to be so cool. Um, And Air Force is going to beat Navy by 10 points. And uh, that's your pick of the week for DraftKings. So there you go. Uh, U2 is going to play a great show at the Sphere. And Air Force is going to dominate Navy. I have no idea what, why they go together, but <laughs> here we go. I hope they play bad. U2 or oh, Air Force? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no, no. I hope both. they play bad, too. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, there's a... The song bad. Yeah, yeah, the song yeah right. Bad. Yeah, yeah okay. um, Rangers up 4 nothing in the first. Wow. They're unstoppable, those Texas Rangers right now. Yeah, they're killing. Oh, it already started. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, KPW saying Rangers are. What's the score? Who how'd they score? Who uh, pitched for the uh, Astros? It's uh, Valdez, and it's he's giving up three, uh, four. Probably Corey runs. Seager. I think Corey Seager has been on like literally every time he stepped to the plate this year. Um, mercy, and you know they have Robbie Grossman batting third for them. He, this is an ALCS lineup with Robbie that. Grossman and Mitch Garver batting third. Noticed that the other day. Interesting. Odd. He's the one who drove, drove in the first run and reached in the air. Adolis nice. singled. Mitch Garver singled. Nathaniel Lowe singled. Mercy. So just right. single machine. Singling the Astros the to death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go into the uh, Mailbag Monday. Uh, real quick, too. I did see a, a couple people ask about my eye. I guess it's a little bit distracting. Um, I... I uh, Folks, there have been uh, some ads up on the blue line saying like uh, about, and it's a picture of Guaranteed Rate Field, and it's like 4,000-something people will have a seizure in this ballpark. I'm one of them. So that's, you know, a little fun fact about Sean. Uh, I have a seizure disorder, and I had a seizure on Saturday, and I hit my face on my bed. And that's why I have a shiner. So there you go. Um, Let's go into the Mailbag Monday. Uh, You're doing okay, though. I'm fine. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm here, aren't I? Um, so uh, we have uh, a Mailbag Monday that we do every Monday promptly. Hence the name. I guess we did it on a Tuesday one day. Um, but this is where we answer questions from our CHGO diehards. Uh, they send us in questions, and we are very excited to answer them. Uh, and we're going to go to AJ first because AJ is incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. AJ asked us recently about the Hunger Games and which White Sox player on the 40-man roster would win the Hunger Games. Uh, and AJ's back again. It's Baseball Kid, who's hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, an eccentric billionaire buys the White Sox and decides to change everything about the team and has hired you to rebrand it. You have deci- uh, to decide on a new name, new color scheme, uh, home and away, new logo, slogan, and a celebrity to endorse the rebrand. In this hypothetical scenario, the team is uh, staying on the south side of Chicago and occupying GRF until 2028. So, well, what happens in 2028? I have no idea. <laughs> billionaire gets to move them. Uh, the eccentricity uh, gets cranked up a notch. So, uh, yeah, you get a uh, what? What, what, what? Wait, can you flash it again? There's so much in that question. Uh, new scheme. So, yeah, new new name, color scheme. Home and away. You have to decide. So we don't get you to say, to. like, no, they should keep it. Tradition no, is no, great. Yeah. You have to. You have to. Yeah, gotcha. Because uh, then it wouldn't be fun or a question. Correct. Then it's just, I guess, it's an opinion. Um, new logo. So I want you guys to draw a logo right now. Just on live on, on <laughs> yeah. the show. Slogan and celebrity, which I, I think celebrity is fun. All right. So uh, let's start with name, I guess. Ooh. Chicago what? Mm. Real quick. While you guys are thinking. Yeah. I just want to throw this out there because I know there's been a lot of jokes, a lot of things like, oh, the White Sox are becoming the Royals, right? And there's been a lot of amalgamations of of certain names. I just want to throw this out there that some names don't work too well. No. 
the Chicago White Royals no. sounds very clanny. Yeah, so we, we should just avoid that, folks. We could just <laughs> avoid saying that one from here on out. All right. So hopefully we don't get Salvi Perez or Whit Merrifield and we can just avoid the whole Royals joke. But I doubt Or come up with something different, too. Just as long as you don't use that name. Yeah, I guess Chicago Royals works. Or just something different, yeah. Get those creative juices flowing, as we're going to struggle to do here in the next uh, several minutes. Um, I I did, like... What's with the scream mask, Sean? Well, well, I mean, I I don't know if people are finding the... uh, I mean, like, could we do anything like this? This is far more distracting. The Chicago... Screams? Murderers. That's a terrible name. All right. We're not going to do that. <laughs> okay, cool. This one lights up. Um, Is that your Halloween costume? It might be. I got to cover up my face somehow. Um, Chicago Panthers. Because we got La, La Pantera. Pantera. Yeah. Wow. What if he, yeah. What if he leaves? What if he gets traded? But like yeah. in honor of him. He's pretty cool. Don't mm. trade him also. He's really good. You, we learned that with Mookie Betts. The Dodgers just have a really great baseball player. It's almost like you should just pay him. Because yeah, you have true. the money. It's true. Because, again, the guy that owns the team, even though he's not like an eccentric billionaire, he's still a weirdo billionaire. And could the guy pay. who owns the Red Sox? No, the White Sox. Oh. Yeah. Jerry Reinsdorf, shockingly, could pay Luis Robert Jr. to stay in Chicago. Yeah, fortunately, he already has. Right. But, yeah. like, even <laughs> after he's – like, there's no reason for Luis Robert Jr. ever to leave, is my point. Um, any thoughts? I mean, I would keep black and white, I think. I mean, that's why I went Panthers because we I want to, I want to keep black. If we have to change, I would go with gold. I would have gold as the main uh, color because very few teams go with gold in their actual uniform. People say like Iowa or or Michigan, they're gold. No, those are yellow. Those are all yellow. Notre that's Dame yellow is too. gold. It is. Yeah. I agree. Notre Dame's gold. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah, that's gold. Like the uh, L- L.A. soccer team is uh, black and gold. We need to go to black and gold. It's much more like if we're not going to go black and silver, I'll go black and gold as the uh, color scheme and look smooth and sharp. I like the SOX, but if we got to change it, I go back to something that's more familiar, like the, the block SOX like they have on the 83 uniform. You get, a, you, get a blank, the you get a blank slate. You got to pick a new name. There's I got to pick a new name, too? Yeah, yeah. That was, did, right. Were you reading the question? Yeah. You can't keep socks. Then I'll just keep New logo, on. too. You got to draw a logo. Southside You're, 9. Southside, nine, N-I-N-E. The nine? Yes. Oh, so you're going for that MLS kind of that's style. A, that's a good-ass name. OS. I mean, OS we, on the end. They're already the White Sox. They're one of the, what, ten teams without an S at their end of their yeah, name? Yeah, but they kind of still do. <laughs> they're not the White Sox. White Sox. <laughs> the White Sox, nine. I don't, like, I don't hate nine. it. It's better than Panthers. And then you would have, like, the old Channel 9 logo on the thing. Alex, the Pot- Alex Potnos throwing out American Giants. To sure. The, uh, harken back. Harken back. Yeah, to that's a good one. League. That's um, a good one. You definitely keep Chicago. I don't like switching it to Southside because then you're like, no? no, because then you're like saying that like, oh, the Cubs represent the whole city, but the Sox only get part of it. They can represent the whole city too. This town's big I enough guess. for the both of them. I mean, I How think people Chicago recognize Southside of Chicago. No, again, you can keep the Southside jerseys as some alternate thing. It should definitely be Southside-centric. Here's the thing. My, my uh, preference for all team names is that it should be local fauna, right? Local fauna? Yeah. Like the animals. The animals. Animal oh, okay. life. So, what, like, so, like, back of the yards is, like, Southside. What if we do, like, uh, the Chicago hogs? 
The hogs. Yeah, like I mean, well, I mean like that's, what the, that's what the bulls. That's what the bulls are named after, right? The, the oh. Union Stockyards, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Damn it! They used right. to be called the Zephyrs. Yeah. Then they changed to the Bulls. Yeah. What the hell's a Zephyr? Um, is uh, it like a car train? Yeah. Um. Or like yeah. The Sorry, kid had a Zephyr, didn't it? Like a like a like the Hindenburg. Well, that's a that's, that's a, a that's a blimp. A, yeah. <laughs> A Zeppelin, if you will. Zeppelin, that's what it is. I was like, <laughs> Zeppelin, not Zephyr. But yeah, that's the thing, though, when you, you know, an urban area doesn't have a lot of native animals anymore. But, you know, something something local would be good. You know? Zephyr is a mild breeze from the west. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what? Mild breeze from the west. <laughs> oh, um, I'm afraid yeah. of that nice, refreshing breeze. But yeah, if you were to go, yeah. <laughs> if you were to go with the, if you're going to go with local uh, fauna in Chicago, it'd be, you know, what? The, the Asian carp or something like that now. <laughs> so, uh, nothing really threatening there. But, you know, maybe something like uh, uh, my my uh, hope when they did the City Connects my, my pitch for that was that they uh, honor the legacy of Southside Chicago Blues. Don't change the name to the Blues. That's a hockey team that nobody likes. But, um, you know, the, uh, something like that would be qu- kind of cool. Go ahead and use the blue and white of, the, of, uh, of chess records. That would be pretty sweet. About the uh, Chicago Kings. Yeah, there you Name go. Name it after BB. Well, he's from Memphis, but oh, sure. Well, I don't know anything. <laughs> Just a second. Who am I thinking of? Muddy Waters, Muddy perhaps? Waters. Yeah, yeah. I, just for a second, like, Jesus. you're talking about local fauna and local things. Yeah. Get the fuck out of Utah, Jazz. Like, take that name away. There's no jazz in Utah. There's not 10,000 lakes in, in L.A. Take that away. And there's zero Grizzlies unless they go to the ballpark in Memphis. That was for Vancouver. Don't change. <laughs> like, you change cities, change your name, too. Right. But how cool is it when it does apply? Like, yeah. I think the New Orleans Pelicans, great name. Yeah. It's the Pelican State. They got Pelicans down there in, in New Orleans. It's exactly. A, it's a, yeah, but that's they a were an expansion one. team. That was, they, like, they th- came up with that logo for I know. Them. Oh, okay. And I think that's good. And the That's King Baby, oh, okay. too. Yeah. But I guess. But, like, I, if if the Jazz was available, I would want them to be the New Orleans Jazz. They were the New Orleans Jazz. I know. Originally. And that was really yeah, good. Right, they should have yeah. stayed there. They should have. Um, Pete Maravich. Yeah, Utah's like, no, we're just going to keep that. <laughs> I'm here to see some yeah, Jazz. Some, like, <laughs> here, some Mormon music. <laughs> we are going to be the Utah Sister Wives. <laughs> um, Chicago Waves. Incorporating the Lake Michigan? No. Okay, Sarah did not like that yeah, one. I'm not a fan of that one either. I'm a fan it's of the winds one. Honestly, something about that, like, I find it really funny. It's like, like fear the, the wind. Fear, fear the wind? Yeah, fear, fear the, the wind. wind. That's a good <laughs> I mean, in the I winter, it's funny. The hawk, they call it the wind the hawk. Chicago hawk. No S. Chicago hawk. Then they're named after Hawk Harrelson? Yes. I'll tell you what. <laughs> We're going to blow you over. Let's see. It works. There's a lot of things you could do In the Chicago that. Wind, there's a movie called uh, Black Dynamite that uh, has a character called Chicago Wind. It's, it's a good movie. It is. Love it. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> oh. Can we name it after the movie? Black Dynamite would be great. Chicago Black Dynamite? <laughs> oh. Or just Black Dynamite? And just have him as the thing. <laughs> Uh, I do that before I enter the room, motherfucker. People are trying to name it after Kanye, I guess. That's Ugh. not a good idea. No one wants that. <laughs> um, no one wants that. Chat. Uh, Chicago Hitmen, but I guess mm. that's like uh, the whole. We did that. One. That's just too much for the. Just leave them the White Sox then. If you're gonna just. Well, I get what name, you're saying like, the there, Southside but like nine and it was like the Hitman. whole the whole thing like that made the the home run celebration kind of lame this year. It's like. Someone just Googled, like, what is famous in Chicago? Mm. And it's like, gangsters from the 1920s. And it's yeah. like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, do you work a little harder than that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, let's not uh, popularize uh, illegal activity, too. I guess the wind could work for uh, the politics. 
you know? It's kid-friendly, too. It's a windy city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mean it's kid-friendly? Well, like, if you used wind, like, anybody, any demographic could use it, you know? Like, there's not, there's not going to, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Wind I, is nice. I, wind, I'm sticking with the wind. <laughs> wind is general enough. Yeah. So. But I think we're getting hung up on the name. We could move on to other aspects of this question. What color would you I mean, I think it? black and white is probably, or I, I don't hate incorporating gold. Like I would they go outlined. I would go. I would go flag. Okay. Light blue light and blue. light blue and red. That's what I would do. Yeah. Mm. The, the Two yeah. Chicago doggy. But the nobody outside of here knows who the Chicago dogs are. I do. <laughs> so your main color would be the light blue or the red. Light blue. White. I'd say I'd say light blue and white are the main two. Okay. With, with some red accents on there. Mm-hmm. I would love. I would love just a hat. Like a baseball hat, which is the a light blue hat, red one red star, boom. That's the hat. That's a cool looking hat, don't you think? Red brim. No. You just all light blue. Just one yeah. of the, just one one of the stars. One of the, the stars. Flag. There's he go. There's my hat. You're like, boom. This is Fort Deborn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Columbian Exposition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have a favorite star? I've, I've named the only two I've known. The other two would be the Exposition, Century of Progress, the World's Fair, and then the, fu- the Fire, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We could do the Chicago Stars. That's a, ho- a soccer team already. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, we can't do that. There is. Um, Chicago Geese from Jared. There you go. They're all over that lakefront trail. Oh, it's Jared. I mean, hey, geese littered St. Xavier. So, I mean, I, it's from the north and south side. See? Geese cover this city. There's geese everywhere. And then Goose Island is available. Oh, now we're thinking. Now we are Jared's out here. Cooking with gas. Jared's here we go. Here. I would go right into a Goose Island read if we had one. Um, I guess the maybe like black, yellow, and, and white are, is the color. We're sort of, like we're going Chicago Sting, I guess. That's what you want? You want to re- bring bring back the sting? They did like the sting back in the 80s, man. <laughs> they just honored him at the yeah. fire game. No, no. I was there. <laughs> I cannot believe how much love that team got. Like, I was alive at that time, and so I heard of the sting. It was it was a thing, and then it just fizzled away because I think it was indoor soccer, so everybody's like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and I think the sting filled, a, a like, a championship void where none of the teams had won – or been in the playoffs in a long time, and I think they won a championship early 80s. Remember, like, the White Sox broke a drought in 83 since, like, 59 of themselves, and the Bears hadn't been in the playoffs a long time, and so it was, like, the perfect time for the Sting to come, and Carl, whatever, Hertz Granitza, whatever his name, was a great scorer, and they loved him. You know the name of someone who played for the Chicago Sting? I don't even know. I know the <laughs> some of it. Uh, 1981, that's the word they won. Yeah. So. There's there's where, where that drought ends because what the Cubs wouldn't make it until eighty four eighty four Bears wouldn't make it until eighty five yeah but when was the last time they made it before then Bears in the yeah. playoffs the sixties probably right really yeah I mean Doug Buffon made it in the seventies okay his one only time so they made it in the seventies sometime or late sixties sixty three seventy seven seventy nine. And yeah. then 84. Yeah. Yikes. All right. Yeah. It was I mean, bad. It was bad times around here. We could do Chicago losers because this <laughs> team just sucks. Uh, or this this city sucks at sports. But um, Zahers. I don't know. I think it would have to be really specific to the billionaire. Like if the billionaire had like a thing. Like you, you know? want a Charlotte Bobcat situation. 
right. A team yeah, named yeah. after the owner. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I, mean, I think that's when it makes most sense. Because they're either going to name it after the city or they're going to name it after themselves. I mean, I'm sure that guy or girl would be like, yeah, let's do that. I'm paying for the team. Hell, put my name on that damn team. The Chicago Bezos. <laughs> Chicago Panthers. Chicago Amazons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my. That actually is, that would be smooth as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I think it just depends on on what eccentric billionaire is buying the team and, and then that determines on where the Chicago beans then you would just have all beans <laughs> Chicago cloud cloud gate or whatever they call yeah. yeah no beans beans is better Chicago beans Chicago beans, beans. you ever been in one of those Amazon stores where you don't have to have a cash register or a cash I don't understand how that works you just have your Amazon account hit your phone doop, and let you in and then whatever you grab it electronically knows what you got and then when you leave it kind of knows what you got and it charges your Amazon account. They what if you're in there United. at the same time as somebody else? It doesn't it, matter. When you you yeah. can be. Yeah, when you leave it, it scans what you oh, left okay. with. At gotcha. the United Center they have like a grab and go thing and I mean there could be 50 people in there but you're still only going to get charged for your stuff. It's and cool, that's how cool you technology. Would, that's how Jeff Bezos would make his money. Like I'm firing all the vendors. You come in there, you got to get your goddamn stuff from me. Your beer, and it's got to go through Amazon. The Amazon Stadium is going to be huge <laughs> in 2028. Um, AJ wanted to add that the billionaire is not problematic, by the way. Mm. So I guess I don't know. Then no yeah. one's buying it. Then the Chicago Rainbows. Um, be none, one non-problematic billionaire. And shout out to Beeflow for the the sweet super chat, a ten dollars super chat. Sean, holy fuck, use this ten dollars to put a cheap steak on your eyeballs. <laughs> Appreciate it. Got this nice little eye mask from Walgreens. It's like a gel compress, mm. but it, I Feels put it nice. in the freezer. Yeah, it's real nice, and it conforms to my eyes. There you go. There you go. My I took down the swelling. It looked like a softball. On Saturday, folks. Um, all right, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll let you know about some of our friends, and we'll get into some more questions from our guy, uh, Ian. Uh, but we want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. Uh, Circa not only has you covered for any football, college, or NFL. Again, I gave out uh, my Air Force pick already. But they also have you covered on hockey. Herbsman betting on hockey. Yeah. Winning money on hockey. I'm going to bet tonight, too. Uh, they got the Maple Leafs at 6 p.m. Uh, Jay Zawoski uh, reached out in a DM very personally to Cody and I and said, hey, I don't know if you guys have been betting this, but bet Connor Bedard over shots on goal. So download the Circus Sportsbook app. They've told us that uh, they have been posting and will post Connor Bedard player props for every single game. Uh, Circus Sportsbook is our friend for uh, tight money line splits, and they have a low hold model uh, where games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike other sportsbook, which may use minus 115 or minus 120. So you will be paying uh, less of a VIG uh, with Circus Sportsbook. They want you to you know, get the highest payout possible uh, for whatever bet you like. And Circus Sportsbook keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures and golf tournaments, especially compared to other books, which allows them to keep those lines low. And the best part, too, is Circus customer service. There are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion. Unlike other books who use chat box and all aspects of the books are being run by the same team that runs the main Circus Sports book at Circus Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at 
circusportscom slash Illinois-app. That's circusportscom slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. Our next tailgate is coming up this Sunday, the 22nd. If you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB833234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. I'll let you know uh, more about the tailgate right now. Uh, Herb, how was the, the uh, tailgate yesterday? It was awesome. Great food from Firewater, delicious drinks from our friends at Goose Island, and everybody around there was very happy, even though they knew that the white, the Bears were going to run into a buzzsaw <laughs> that day. And they did. And unfortunately, you it mean looks themselves? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Fields ran into the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't look great for our friends over at uh, the Bears, uh, but it does look great for you because uh, CHGO diehards, we got you covered with post games podcast for each team every day of every week we are live during the off season at 3 30 p.m every single day except for friday you guys are gonna be on at what like 10 30 yeah that is yet to be finalized but we'll let people yet know. to be finalized yeah. but you know we're usually going to be on 3 30 p.m monday through friday post game shows for teams that are in season like the blackhawks tonight They'll have you covered when uh, the Blackhawks take on the Maple Leafs. The Bulls team will have you covered after their season starts. And you get premium written content for members at allchgo.com and 20% off events like our tailgates where you get all-you-can-eat Goose Island. Or not all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink Goose Island and all-you-can-eat Firewater. Uh, and you get a free shirt when you become a member, so you can check all those out at chgolocker.com. And when you become a diehard, you get a member's uh, you get access to our members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge, and that's where AJ and Ian asked us question for today's show. And for the next three tailgates, I guess the next two get tailgates, X-Golf will be giving away a $200 gift certificate to any of the Chicagoland's lo- locations. Find the X-Golf near you at playxgolf.com slash Chicagoland. Again, for the next two tailgates, X-Golf will be giving away a $200 gift certificate to any of the Chicagoland locations, so make sure you buy your tickets today. We got uh, our next tailgates on the 22nd and November 9th when the Bears take on the Panthers. Uh, and finally, I want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO, the lovely bobbleheads uh, right there, I guess the South Pole one, the TA ones behind Herb, uh, were de- donated by our friends over at FOCO. Uh, they donated some awesome pizzas to our sets, uh, not only for the Sox, but Bears, Cubs, etc. Uh, so go check them out at FOCO.com. That's F-O-C-O.com. Or click the link in the description below. For all non pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. You get hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between there. Go fill out your man cave with stuff from FOCO and get fitted in the best sports gear around with our friends at F-O-C-O.com. Or click the link in the description below for on that pre-sale items just the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, let's go to the next. I've got I've got I've got some late submissions here. Okay. Okay. Yes. So I just took a gander at some of the Illinois state official state animals, right? Official state uh, insect is the monarch butterfly. Chicago okay. monarchs, black and orange. That works. There you go. I like that. You so you, you could put a nice butterfly on the hat. And, that would be fun. And it's royal, too. But I'm ching. There you go. Very good. <laughs> or Chicago, one time, you know, uh, nationwide hub of the uh, railroad situation. How about the engines? Mm. It's not bad. I feel like the engine was a, a lacrosse team. Was it really? I, I, I think oh, that might okay. have been, or it was the Chicago machine. Yeah, machine. that's, so that's, that's named different. after politics. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. All right. yeah. Um, we yeah. never came up with a celebrity pitch man either. I don't know. Do we like Chicago celebrities? I mean, not the really. one. <laughs> Oh, if Obama could get on board, that'd like, be good. Yeah, Obama. <laughs> Oprah? I think Oprah likes she baseball. She moved. 
Doesn't yeah. she live in Italy now? She lives in Hawaii. Hawaii, Hawaii or that's or right. Wherever, yeah. California, yeah. everywhere else. I don't know. There's no Chicago, Chicago. I mean, Chance the Rapper, I guess, is a Chicagoan, but the not actor, many people um, can be joined around him. What's I the guess. guy's name? The actor from The Office who plays Dwight. He lives in Chicago. He lives downtown. I don't know if Rain that counts. Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, my God. That totally counts. What yeah, but I don't think he, he is Chicagoan. Yeah, I don't know. I think know. he just might be here. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was born in Chicago. Never mind. The guy who it's... Um, I appreciate this. The other stepbrother except for Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. Yes, he, he went to Brother from, Rice. Yeah, he's from Chicago. He went to Brother Rice. But he doesn't like talking about that he went to Brother Rice. God, God. I don't think he's proud of being from Chicago. It seemed like he did a lot of dirt here. I remember a story where he was like on a train stealing like uh, Twinkies or some shit. I forgot. What That's your story to tell. I don't know that story. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? I thought you knew about all the Brother Rice people. All these stories? <laughs> stealing Twinkies on a train? What the yeah. hell are you talking about? Um, anyways. Rain Wilson is from not Seattle. Here. Seattle. Yeah. Um, it's a nice name, too. All right. Let's go to uh, Ian's question, though. Uh, Ian said... Do you guys think the next batting coach are still involved with the team? And if so, who? Uh, we have now got an official word from the White Sox that uh, Daryl Boston and Jorge Castro will no longer be with the team. And Chris Johnson and Kurt Hassler have been reassigned. Well, they've been offered player jobs within player development. Yes. Offered reassignment. Yeah. Um, so, again, I think the toughest thing in answering this question, I was trying to find people that were connected to Chris Getz, like anyone who's played with him, anyone from the Kansas City Royals, uh, you know, front office. Nothing really jumped out to me. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have any idea where the White Sox might go with their hitting coach um, or if they might have like a director of hitting like Brian Bannister is the director of pitching. So um, maybe less of who it's more of do you think they'll go outside of the organization and what positions do you think they're looking for i mean and speculate obviously yeah this is all speculation i think you can look back to what they've done recently i mean if the entire um complaint among fans was why aren't they going outside the organization more why aren't they going outside the organization more the last couple of hitting coaches fit that bill right i mean castro came from the braves Menachino even came from from outside the organization you know whether fans are the Marlins afraid of hearing that name or not yeah from the Marlins but um hitting coaches as I've brought up before the turnover is so great that it seems that you got you kind of got to pick from everywhere you you can't really force yourself to pick from within um you know they did that with Chris Johnson in a way and in, in, in bringing him in but there was an assistant hitting coach before him in Howie Clark too so um it really wouldn't surprise me to see really anything at this point because there are guys who, whether they are being tried out for the first time, whether they're being promoted from an assistant somewhere else, whether they're being grabbed from a minor league organization anywhere in baseball, or whether they're some guy who's done it a million times before, their entire fate rests on whether the guy's hit or not. And they could be out the door in two years from now, Whether you know, no matter how much you might uh, see it as a good, uh, a positive hire or not. So I really think you could expect anything from that. But to me, the thing that keeps coming up again and again is can they get through to these guys? I mean, we've heard, I, I asked Pedro, you know, how receptive were the players to, to the messaging that was coming from the coaches? And he said, you know, it's, well, it's getting better. It's not, it's not done all the way yet. And in the meantime, your hitting coach loses his job after just one year. So um, I think 
in theory, you would love to see them do something like they did with Bannister for pitching, also for hitting, right? That's half the game too. But I just don't know if hitting works the same way as pitching. And I think you can set up, you, you can really go in and teach all the time with the with the pitchers, whereas the hitters show up and they're just like, yeah, well, we hope you work on your plate, plate discipline and we'll see you in the majors. Keep hitting kind of thing. Um, I mean, the hitting is what got Oscar Colas to the big leagues, you'll remember. And then he shows up in the big leagues and he can't hit. Uh, so it, it really you got to find somebody who can who can get through to some of these guys. I know last offseason, Sean, you kept bringing up Kevin Long, right, uh, who's, who's in Philly doing a great job, and we keep hearing veteran guys talking about how positive he is to have been working with them. I can't imagine he would want to leave Philly, a team that's going to, to the playoffs all the time for the White Sox, but you've now got uh, – uh, you want to look for those kind of characteristics, somebody who can break through – to these veteran players who think they know what they're doing and be able to make these corrections that that turn them into a little bit of a different hitter. Uh, or at least what Brian Bannister said that he likes to do with pitchers, turn them into the pitcher, or the hitter rather, that they used to be. Um, so uh, those are the characteristics. I don't know how many people are out there that fit that bill. Maybe I'm, I'm talking about something that only two or three guys in, in baseball have. But that's, I think, what you would want to be looking for if you're Chris Getz and Pedro Grafol. And I know that uh, these guys don't want to have too much turnover, and I think that's one of the things that they have talked about. But what's Mike Tozar doing? Like, is he still just like the field boss or whatever made-up term they made to get field him? Field coordinator. Field coordinator. Yes, I yeah. mean, he has hitting coaches experience, so just make him the top guy in hitting right now because – to not change the philosophy from what you had last year and just to change the person who's actually in the room, I think would be uh, beneficial for them, the guys. Because theoretically, you were teaching them the same things that Tozar would want you to, to learn anyways. And maybe those two guys uh, at the top, Castro and Johnson, couldn't get the message through. And maybe Tozar is the guy that can get it through. Because as we've heard from Salvador Perez, he got a, he got it through to him, and the man became a pretty decent hitter. So, without too much change, you could just have that guy go from that position to being the hitting coach. What I think is a slightly interesting wrinkle in this um, is the fact that their minor league hitting coordinator is apparently also um, out, yeah. right? As we heard the uh, heard last week, and we Andy Barquette. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, is there something now where all those jobs are open? Is there going to be more of a system-wide approach that's that's tried to be implemented here? Maybe it's not just we need to bring in somebody who can teach Eloy Jimenez to hit hit the ball in the air, or we need to bring in somebody who can teach these guys to lay off the pitches outside the zone. But is it going to be we need to bring in somebody who has a consistent message with the next person who takes over in the minor leagues as well? And if Bannister is going to be a guy who's working at all levels of the minor league system or of the of the major and minor league system, maybe you can take a bit of a clue from that to see where they might go uh, in direction when it comes to hitting as well. Steverson's still in the organization. Who? Todd Steverson's still in the organization. He was the hitting coach before <laughs> Frank Manichino. Oh, good. Yeah. I hope he comes back. <laughs> um, yeah, uh. I, I think it, the only thing that would make sense is to have somebody who mirrors Brian Bannister but on the hitting side. And I know that you – mention the fact that hitters are a little less you know finicky or i guess a little uh more finicky or a little bit more uh right closed off yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean again seems like, like they're less less receptive to outside input yeah. there's a great article uh from espn uh from jeff passing about 
Jordan Montgomery's death ball and how he's working with the guys from Tread Athletics. And that was the Brian Bannister podcast that I showed you. Uh, and, uh, you know, they worked on just positioning of his arm when he was throwing his curveball. Um, and there's a great view from Umpcam of yesterday with Jose Abreu swings through his curveball and it looks like a fastball out of Jordan Montgomery's hand. And that's what Jordan Alvarez was saying. Um, so, like, th- that's what I, I'm very excited in is that, you know, Brian Bannister is going to try to ho- hopefully bring uh, that view or that try to, you know, bring that flair to some White Sox pitchers where, you know, you're able to elevate breaking balls off of just arm slots and, and arm trends. Um, but that seems like, you know, easier to do with pitchers, as you're saying. But I think the one thing that's always just been huge, and you look at the Astros and you look at their teams from 2016 and now they're able to replace all that talent. Yep. And that's the one th- thing the White Sox haven't been able to do. They've had Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez come up. It's not just been, you know, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, um, Abreu, etc. You know, it's it's been these younger guys, even Chaz McCormick, coming up because they have a great organization top to bottom. And I think that's the biggest thing that if the White Sox are going to do by hiring somebody who is a senior advisor to hitting is making sure that, entire thing is top to bottom uh that message is is clear throughout um so hopefully the white Sox can then start bearing some of the labor of their actual minor leagues because it just feels like they all suck i mean it feels like it takes forever for those guys to find their footing whether it be andrew vaughn Colas. like it just seems like the white Sox really don't do enough or haven't been doing enough to get these guys ready for the major leagues and hopefully Chris Getz is looking for somebody on a playoff team right now, and that's why they haven't hired somebody. This is the thing, like, what Vinny says, like, the hitters are kind of, like, rigid and, like, you know, I got to the major leagues because I didn't hit. And major league baseball players like Pete Rose, Frank Thomas, et cetera, et cetera, have repeated this and said, you know what? I'm not going to change my swing. You can help me with other things, but my swing got me to the big leagues. I'm not changing it. And so I think hitting coaches in general are less known nationally you see the pitching coach every once in a while go out to the pitcher oh this pitching coach does this that and the other and it's pretty much they talk them up and they this pitching staff does well so that pitching coach gets the credit when a team hits well very few times do you see oh man that hitting coach in there he's teaching these guys how to hit that guy, his philosophy is working for it. I mean, with the White Sox, you heard the Walt Riniak philosophy for a long time. And then, you know, really it fell off the table. I mean, of course, uh, Walker would be villainized a lot of times. And Steverson, I brought up the name, of course, Minichino. And really, we didn't really get into Jose Castro or uh, Johnson this year. But hitting coaches are not that well known. And there, is there another popular one except for Kevin Long in the major leagues where it's like, man, his philosophy, what he does with hitters is a game changer towards them winning games and them not winning games. I mean, I don't even know what Kevin Long has done specifically outside of what he did in 2021 with Kevin uh, Kevin Schwarber, uh, Kyle yeah. Schwarber. In there was some, a certain there was some mention the other night when I was watching the game of, of Trey Turner being happy with, with something that he taught him and something like that. And, and, that, and again, that's we're building reputations based on some aside on a, on a national broadcast, right? Like, I'm sure the people actually making these hiring decisions know far more than we do, right? We're just we're just trying to throw names at a wall. But um, you know, it to me, even if they don't hire that one person, Sean, to be the 
Bannister equivalent, it doesn't mean they still can't have the same sort of um, approach to implementing that philosophy system-wide. And so um, it'll be interesting to see who those hires end up being, um, basically because you look around and you're like, well, I guess there's not anybody in here because the guy who would be promoted from being a, a hitting coach of the minor leagues is also is also gone. So um, it, it would not surprise me to see somebody come in from the outside. It's just when is the churn going to stop, right? When is it going to when are they going to land on somebody who they believe in enough to keep around, even if, uh, you know, the strikeouts are still high for certain guys or certain guys aren't still aren't hitting their potential. When do they point to a guy and say, yeah, but we like what they're teaching and that's what, that's what we believe in. And I think if they can find somebody who fits that description, then you're not talking about a hitting coach being on the chopping block every single year that the offense doesn't perform. Nicky Delmonico is available. He is available. <laughs> hey, he's down in the minor leagues. Maybe we see uh, Danny Farquhar and uh, uh, Nikki Delmonico get a, a little bit of a promotion. Um, I do like Connor, too. Uh, Connor always providing great comments. Uh, White Sox hitting coaches by top three career OPS plus. Greg Walker, 108. Gary Ward, 105. Frank Minichino, 96. Uh, so always, always good to have that, uh, even though, you know, none of those guys are part of the franchise anymore. Um, that's going to do it. We're going to... Be back tomorrow with more White Sox talk. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Akmerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We'll be back with more White Sox talk. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. And shout out to Sarah for producing the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. We all silly like the mayor. 